Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, and Kyle... Yes, sir? Today, we, we have a new segment. We do? Yes. It will. It is a new segment. It is the history of, in this episode, skydiving. Oh, okay. so well, all right. Skydiving. You think parachute? We're coming down to Earth via a parachute. This goes all the way back to 1483. Whoa. Who? Our good friend Leonardo. Leonardo I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. No, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci. He's the one who's credited as basically drawing out the first what we would consider to be a parachute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of several hundred years go by. The first annotated maybe example of of someone surviving is not a human it's actually apparently a dog 1785 frenchman jean-pierre blanchard uh drops a dog in a basket with a parachute from a hot air balloon he doesn't do it himself purportedly until 1793 fast forward the the credit for the first modern skydive it's actually split between two guys grant morton Albert Berry in either 1911 or 1912. So wow, they fought about that for the rest of their lives. Yes, no, actually, because there's the (laughs) records are kind of sketchy. Yeah, Uh, there's a there's a story that basically uh, Morton did a skydive when he jumped from a Wright Model B airplane over Venice Beach, California, and then a year later, supposedly Berry, who was a U.S. Army captain, he reportedly made a jump in March of 1912. Let's fast forward, right? Parachuting, 1960s, first big thing. Ram Air parachute design appears. Ooh. It's designed by uh, Domina Jalbert in the 1960s. This is huge because the Ram, the the Ram design, Ram Air parachute. That's the parachute you see today. Ooh. So that allowed you. That allowed the the person. Is that who that was more square design? Yes, correct. Okay. So instead of just the traditional circular parachute that had no control, you just mm-hmm. pulled the cord and said, "I'm going to drop somewhere." <laughs> this one actually allowed you to steer and change your speed and everything else. And thus, many action sequences were born. 1978, three-ring release system invented by Bill Booth. That's important because that allowed it easily for you to cut your main chute if it did not open. Prior to that, it involved a knife and (laughs) hopes and thoughts that everything would work out. (laughs) The last two dates I'm going to mention. 1991, that is the release of the Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves action thriller Point Break. Yes really getting everybody excited about skydiving and then of course i got i can't i can't not mention 2012 when her royal majesty queen elizabeth ii and britain's most prolific spy leapt from a helicopter into the opening ceremonies of the games of the 30th olympiad in london of 2012 why why did i go on a little journey here with skydiving because uh that owes a lot to uh, our our next part of our opening sequence that, part of the continuation of the opening sequence yes of our movie that's right because here we are at minute six of iron man 2010 uh directed by mr john favreau uh this is what we like to call the fall of tony stark but to have yes. something this monumental this yes. incredible it takes more than just two of us rob as we know iron man 2 is filled with characters so we thought we needed to have someone else to help us navigate through these dense, dense waters. And who better than the original host of the Marvel Movie Minute, Mr. Andy Nelson. Yay! Hey! Hey! Look at that. How are you guys? Very good. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited people, to be here. People who tune in later are going to be so confused because they're like, I thought he wasn't on the show anymore. 
<laughs> Why is he here? What's who is that? On? Who is that competent voice? <laughs> <laughs> who has those smooth tones and doesn't say um and ah all the time? <laughs> See, there we go. No, this is a thrill. I'm I'm so excited to be here to talk about uh, again. Talk about Tony Stark and Iron Man. This is that's awesome. right. Because awesome. yeah, because you you have the same thing that we have with Hulk, where you have all this <laughs> Iron Man knowledge floating around in your head, and so a you need some to get it out. That's right. <laughs> so much. Right. All right, well, so here we are at, awesome, yeah. at minute six, uh, and we we start with uh, Tony Stark. Well, actually, they started on on black. So we we hear start in, with uh, the title. We still get a title. Oh, that's right. We're still at the, the end title. of we're still at the end of the yeah. That's right. The 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 title sequence before, but we've not. We're out of Russia. We assume uh, because the the music has changed. Uh, great so thing, uh, and just great thing about the title sequence. This is the exact title treatment from the first Iron Man movie. Oh, it's true. Font the, is exactly the same. Yep, the it's clang, a little bit. It's a little bit grimier. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit off. But they've added in the two, and it has the exact same effect where the rendered uh, graphics come in, and then all the characters pivot off into darkness. And I think it's mm. a great effect. I love the fact that they kept with the exact same consistency of the, of the first movie. Interestingly enough, if you compare this this title treatment to the title that appeared in the promotional materials and in the posters, it's a different typeface. Mm. I can't explain that why. Though credit to the people who did this, if you compare all three Iron Man movies, the posters, all three of them use the take the same typeface on the posters. Oh, thank goodness! But it's well, right. I'll tell you why because those people are all different people. Oh, the people who are designing <laughs> no, posters are true. not in at all in contact with the people designing the film or the trailer or anything. It's all different yeah. groups of people, and so it, they may ask and say, "What is that font?" But they might may also just kind of pick something else that they think is nah, cool. Nobody, yeah. nobody ever asked that. No. <laughs> Why? When they can make their own special mark, right? Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. right. Well, I'm glad they chose this title treatment instead of the one from the trailer, because if you watch the trailer for this, it's Iron Two Man. They put the two in the middle <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, the, they, it looks yeah, that, it's an odd choice when they do that. Yeah, you know, it's well, it's like it's like those. Uh, you know, what it reminds me of actually that title treatment is those embroidered embroidered towels that you get when you're <laughs> with the initials, right? where it's like the middle in it, or the uh -huh. last letter is in the middle, uh -huh, but huge. it's bigger. The yeah, monogram. Just, yeah, yeah that's yeah. always confusing. Why do you yeah. do that? I, that is. I yeah. always was confused by that when I was a kid. I'm like, why don't they just put them in the right order? But exactly right. There yeah. you go. Uh, so we we hear voices, but we don't know who it is. We hear uh, like uh, pilots essentially talking. So it says two seventy at thirty knots, holding steady at fifteen thousand feet. You are clear for exfiltration over the drop zone. And so lights come up, and oh, it's Iron Man. And it's six months later. That's right, it's six months later. So, so that we know puts us I... at uh, May seventh of two thousand and ten. That oh. is when this event is taking place in the MCU timeline. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Well, one, we know it's not Russia now because right. it is six months later. So, you know, we're like, well, we're assuming he's not dropping it, into it a It can't zone. be winter all the time in Russia. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I I hear stories. <laughs> but But what I love about the way that they set this up is it very smartly kind of sets it up like it's a war scene. Like you hear mm -hmm. this voice talking about infiltration, drop zone, all this. He's in the back of a, clearly an army plane, right? Yeah. He's kind of in that giant space for those uh, Hummers to be in. And he's just standing there. You got that awesome shot of the back of Iron Man as he's mm -hmm. watching the, 
the lift gate drop down. It's just, it's a brilliant way to set everything up. Like we're going into, and it's red lighting. Like, you know, yeah. it's a war because it's like submarines, right? Everything right. is that red lighting. It's like, he's clearly going into battle here. I, I think that's a fantastic setup yeah. uh, that's designed to kind of give us a little twist on what we're, what our expectations are. We also hear the beginning, uh, beginning chords of a great ACDC song. Uh, it's called Shoot to Thrill. Uh, by, of course, the Australian rock band ACDC. Second track on the 1980 album, Back in Black, mm-hmm. which is a great album. Still their biggest hit. What is the song about? The term shoot to thrill most likely refers to uh, solutions of, of injecting certain drugs to treat anxiety and depression. Brian Johnson, who was the then songwriter and the singer for ACDC, he uh, basically talked about the idea that, I guess there was a time in a London neighborhood where a neighborhood drug dealer would go around during the day to these uh, different homes where wives would be at home alone. And he was kind of like the milkman. He would deliver them drugs where they would then take the drugs and then they would go out and, and peruse the local bars and seeking out extramarital relationships. Here's the real part that I couldn't get over. <laughs> so if you, there was an interview, I think by Angus Young, who was the lead guitarist. And he talked about that that break that breakdown of musical chords at the beginning. When you get past the first sequence, he was inspired, this, this sound of these three chords was inspired by the gun battle climax from the Italian Western, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah, note I love that. that. Note that because we're, just make a bookmark, we're <laughs> going to be talking about The Good and The Bad and The Ugly much later in this movie. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so the, I, I find ACDC, I did not know they were an Australian band. Yeah. So uh, in Australia, they're not known as ACDC, they're known as Akadaka. <laughs> Because Australia and they're super fun. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, so they they uh, the band actually d- did not want to do a greatest hits album. So, but they agreed to do an Iron Man two album tie in because uh, they were so popular. With this and it ended up being a, a huge seller of it too. And it actually is a great album. Like it really is. Like 10, 15 songs and and all of them are really really good ACDC songs. So if you really want like your starter set for ACDC. The Iron Man 2 soundtrack is really, really solid. And they um, made a new music video for this that's song. That's true. Yeah, with, with footage, footage from the movie uh, and paired with, like, I think it was one of their live concerts that they had done. And I, I was like, it, it just, it's great to see, a, you know, at this point, a 30 year old song like mm-hmm. making such a splash again because of all of this, uh, the tie in and just everything. And I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, but why is it in this movie? Uh, Well, the reason that is because of Jon Favreau. He had an article in the uh, LA Times where he explained it, that he uh, basically was at a show and went, this is the song I need. So the quote is, he's Iron Man, he's Tony Stark, he's going to go a million miles an hour. So what do you expect this film to be and how can we take it past those expectations? When I was watching ACDC with my wife and son, they were playing Shoot to Thrill at the Forum and I thought, you know, this is how he should show up, right in the middle of this and take the armor off. That's the Tony Stark version of doing things. <laughs> it's smart to pick anyway, the the band because of like the the tie into the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah. From the beginning of that film with, with uh, back in black and just yeah. the way that they, he found a way to kind of just have fun with using them again. I just, I thought it was really smart to just to jump in with, uh, with another song from them. So uh, as he's following, we're hearing this. So uh, the first thing we see, this is the Mark four armor. Um, the, as, as far as I can tell from the tech specs and the, and the, 
Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary, which I have, uh, there's really not much change between the three and the four, except the three got trashed uh, in the battle with Ironmonger. Uh, so this is just basically the just small improvements. And the biggest improvement is how fast he can get out of it, uh, which we're going right. to see here at the end of this minute. Hey, um, what remind me? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the the uh, the timeline in front of me, but because sure. I know they changed things as far yeah. as the timeline with Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man mm-hmm. two, Thor, all of that kind of shifted to be two thousand ten now, right? Yes, all yeah. is, is everything is taking place there, and and I actually, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the timeline uh, here when we get to the end uh, of this minute too, to sort of catch us up to what's going on. Excellent. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is because because the the movie Iron Man two actually starts at the end of Iron Man, uh, and now we've sort of moved up, and so now we're sort of into something new which we hadn't seen before, because yeah. uh, everything else was taking place back then. Right. Uh, so we technically so, it starts six months later after. Yeah, Iron Man. yeah. <laughs> right. So six months after. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as as we're going through, I, I thought uh, the the effects are really really good already. Like him falling through the sky as the fire went off, and that they took the time to actually get him, have him get hit by a firework. Yes, which seems that's so, so cool. And well, and it's so <laughs> Iron Man. Like that's exactly the sort of humor that Favreau uh, introduced in the first Iron Man with yeah. those little things where, like, oh, he's so cool. Oh no, he's still he still has these moments that just make him that much more uh, human and fallible that we love. Yeah, and so I just loved that when he gets totally hit, blindsided by the firework as he's as he's cruising down in all of his coolness. Right. Yeah. He's got the, a the clang off the armor. Exactly. I was just gonna say it's got this awesome metal clunk when it happens and totally takes him off his trajectory. I love the sequence too. There's some great um, design work here on the loop de loop. He does. It looks like it appears that he actually does a loop de loop in his fall because the camera is rotating as he's rotating. And I love the fact that you actually get to see, not only do you get to see that he's falling into a metropolitan area because you can see the lights that has large blue areas that we still have to figure out what those are, um, <laughs> but that you actually get to see the moon and you get to see the plane that he just dropped out of, which I thought was really great. I love when they show that sort of like spatial awareness of what is happening and how that's all happening in just a few quick seconds of an action sequence. I enjoy that. That's really great, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I, I think it went by so fast that I was like, "Gosh, I, I'm not quite sure what I'm noticing here." Right. Um, because it's just because yeah, you're you're flipping around with him like a cameraman in free fall with somebody like a parachutist that you happen to be filming, right? And so it's it's really cool the way that they they pull that off, and it does go by quick. You got to keep your eyes uh, peeled right there at about the thirty second mark. Yeah. Uh, so then, as as he goes out, he drops into the three point superhero pose. Woo! <laughs> All right. Uh, now, now I have to ask. <laughs> and apparently, he, according to Deadpool, it's really hard on the knees. So. It, well, he's not just dropping down. He's rocketing down, right? <laughs> I mean, he launches his boosters, and he it, it almost looks like, and I don't quite think it is, but it looks at about like 50 seconds in, like there is a moment, and I think it's just a firework, but I feel like, it, did he just go like, uh, you know, supersonic all of a sudden? <laughs> And then he's like going straight down into the ground and he lands in the perfect, perfect superhero position. But I'm like, you know what? If he's doing that, he is putting a mega hole in the ground. It just, (laughs) it looks so cool, but true. However, he, we know that he's not going to land on the stage. He's landing on the, the, uh, his platform. Yeah. His accident platform that he designed. So, We'll assume that my my no prize would be that he designed it <laughs> so that he could he knew how hard he could hit it and have it look cool and make the big clanging sound so that everybody would be like, yeah. Well, this is clearly where the WWE got their 
illuminated floor technology so that wrestlers <laughs> could not only walk out on their logo, but then body slam people and suplex them into it too. I like it. Have you all ever been to, like, I, since I was a kid, like, we would always go to, generally it's around Christmas time and the holidays when they do some form of, like, a drop where you're watching parachutists mm-hmm. drop. Going back to your uh, conversation earlier, mm-hmm. Rob, about the parachutists where they're dropping, but they have like flames on their feet and you're watching them oh, kind of yeah. jump out of the plane and they spiral down. And it's really exciting as you watch them fall and then their shoots open and they come in and land like in the park right in front of everybody. Um, they do that every year at, at the holidays uh, where I live and we always go watch it. And when I was a kid, I, that was one of my favorite things. And I can only imagine like being here in this particular place watching as you see this. Uh, I mean, because you can definitely see Iron Man. His feet are on fire, basically. Like oh, he's right. yeah. There are a lot bigger flames than the parachutists that I watch. And so you can definitely <laughs> see this thing just shooting straight down to you. I mean, it looks like a rocket. I mean, how cool would that be? being at a place like this and watching that where you get to yeah. see Iron Man coming down and landing on the stage in front of you. Well, especially when he's not slowing down at all. And no. <laughs> and you, you're expecting a kersplat. And, you know, when you were just saying that, you know, the first thing that came into my head was that famous episode of WKRP in Cincinnati with the turkey drop. And do, do you know? <laughs> they did, it's a famous episode. It's a sitcom. From, oh, this is, as see, this God is, is my witness. Pop references. <laughs> They're basically Thanksgiving. They were going to do the, the radio show was going to do this turkey drop where they were going to give free turkeys to everybody, and they were live turkeys. And at the time they do it, they don't realize that the turkeys can't fly. And so, as I'm God is my witness, I thought turkeys <laughs> could fly. Splat. That's yeah. what you would think, uh, Andy. That's what people. If I saw Iron Man coming down, I'd be thinking, "Okay, oh, this is not going to work uh, out well." He's not slowing down. He's yeah, not slowing he down. Looks he's like not a missile. Down. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not slowly falling down in a parachute. Like he literally looks like a missile shooting into the ground right in front of you. His knees are what save him. <laughs> yeah. He has got iron knees. But where has he landed and what's going on? We won't know until minute seven. But that doesn't mean the show is over because wait, we have more to talk about. Wait, that, wait, that was the minute? That was the minute. Like He lands and the he superhero lands, a crowd, pose. And I see a it. flag and it's a party. Mm-hmm. It's a party. Uh, yeah, it's not a war zone like nope. they set up. They're not. They're not. Uh, you know, explosions from war going off in the air. No, he is actually <laughs> at a celebration as we see a line of women behind yep. him. Yeah. With uh, with Iron Man, uh, they have. They all have the little uh, the, the arc reactor yeah. <laughs> chest yeah. uh, lights on right now. So, yeah, yeah there's clearly something. Going there's, on here. There's more? We got more to talk about here. We're not going to let you go that easily uh, because this was not the original way the movie started. What was this, this, this whole thing? Yeah. Like all, even everything we've seen so far, the, these previous five minutes where none of those were in the original version of it. There's an alternate opening. Uh, and you can see this on, I believe actually it's on Disney Plus too. They've actually added it as a bonus feature, but you can find it on the DVD or the Blu-ray or on the YouTubes. Uh, there's an alternate opening, including titles, like right from the, the Paramount logo. This actually. So the, the alternate opening has, uh, we, we hear sounds of distress. Tony Stark is you know, in pain or something is going on as, as the, as the Marvel logo and the Paramount logo are show up on screen. Uh, and then we re- reveal our hero over a toilet bowl throwing up <laughs> it, it Iron sounded- Man, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> in full armor. <laughs> uh, he is apparently sick from something. And so there's a, a scene of him pepper. Uh, they are, are talking as they're going through. And it's the same thing. Like the, it turns out they're both on the plane. 
uh, over this this thing that are going on. And Tony is uh, sick, doesn't want to do this. He's upset. Uh, uh, Pepper tells him that uh, he looks like he always looks like, which is that he has a hangover. Uh, he's, he asks for crackers. He asks for, and there's a, a, a terrible, terrible joke about medicine. Uh, and then uh, finally, he, and he rallies suddenly, as Tony often does, changes direction, and decides he's going to go through with the mission. Uh, and then they cut to a scene that you actually can see in the trailer. They actually they thought this was going to be in the movie for so long, they actually put it in the first trailer of the movie, and that's Pepper and Tony standing on the edge of the as the plane goes by, and actually the the effects are finished uh, in that version of it. Uh, here they're not. It's it's just uh, basically Robert Downey Jr. is wearing a shoulder pads, and everything else is would be CG and die later. Uh, but it's where Pepper is standing there holding the helmet and kisses the helmet and throws it out the window, and then Tony jumps out and says, "You complete me," and then drops down. Um, which is like that's that I think that that joke was old then. <laughs> <laughs> but then even when it uses in Dark Knight, that that uh, that line was still old. Uh, and then when they used it in the Lego Batman movie, it was like, okay, guys, like, are you writing a check to Cameron Crowe every yeah. time you use this? Because <laughs> come on. Uh, so yeah, what did you guys think of the the alternate opening? Did they make a wrong decision? They made a good decision in switching it, but oh, yeah. I do like that it does like because we don't get a lot of the alcoholism that Tony Stark, the character had in the comic books in the first movie. And here we really, I mean, we're starting with him drunk, throwing up in the toilet. I'm like, Oh, okay. That would have been a really interesting way if they decided we're going to really go down that road of him Mm. and his battle with alcoholism. Mm. Um, Because I mean, he goes down a really dark road in the comics. I mean, you know what? He's like, it's in the middle of the, you know, blizzard with a homeless woman and the baby dies. It's like, (laughs) what is going on in this comic here? It is so dark. Oh, the seventies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant, but wow. I mean, they, they took him down a dark, dark road. And that was something with the movies that I'm like, I mean, they hint at it a few times. We've got, uh, at some point, we have him fighting with with Rhodey when Mm -hmm. he's really drunk. Uh, But I I love that there is at least this attempt to do it, even though, on the whole, the scene doesn't work. Like, this is a much better way to start. You want to start with your hero being heroic rather than just starting with him (laughs) throwing up in a toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Where where do you go from there? <laughs> well, only up. <laughs> yeah, I guess and that's not the direction we're going to go. That's interesting you say that about him being drunk because as I was watching it, knowing like what happens in the rest of the movie and even in the next couple of minutes, I was thinking he's seems like he's drunk, but he's actually having problems with you know his his condition, which we're going to mm. talk about it, uh, in the next couple of minutes here. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. I, I I think it was a it was a. What did you think, Rob? Well, good. Okay, so first of all, bad thing. I can't let this go. Uh, uh, Somebody who did the set dressing, huge mistake. Because here they are on a plane. He's throwing up into what looks like a Kohler home (laughs) porcelain toilet. Hey, it's Tony Stark. Which oh, he can put yeah, that but he's also that plane if he wants to. Well, maybe, ah, maybe that's a good point. He's like, I'm not getting on that plane. I'm going to yeah. the right now. I'm no, going to get airplane seats. Yeah. I did laugh at that because I'm like, okay, that's not what the toilets would be like on an airplane, a military airplane. But whatever. I digress. No, the thing I did like about this is I love the playfulness of the banter with with Pepper. I mm-hmm. like that it's and it's definitely if this were the opening of the movie there is a strong connection between this and what will be the eventual end of this movie in terms of their relationship. True. So I like that. And I love the wit- the wittiness of Pepper Potts in that, 
don't you give me a kiss? And she she kisses the helmet. <laughs> and yeah, just, that is great. You know, when she pitches it, pitches yeah. it out of the back of the plane, there's a that's a that's just a, a witty, funny, you know, edgy sort of reaction from her that I really like. It establishes her character in a much better way than what we'll see later on in the movie. Yeah, I, I, I do say, like the catching the helmet, though. The catching the helmet yeah. and putting it on in midair right. is pretty cool. I got to say, my problem with that, though, is he doesn't have a helmet on to see a tiny, very small <laughs> dot of a dark helmet in a night sky. <laughs> it's like, if he had a helmet on, he could easily find it. But without, I'm like, oh, come on. That's going to be impossible to track down. But Well, you know, no, you know, the it's, suit it's has cool. SVs. Well, no, the, cool. the suit, all the pieces of the suit have proximity sensors, cool. so it auto-guides him. Oh, is that it. what it is? I'm you know what? Just making stuff. <laughs> what we're here for? I, I, I would buy that, though. That, that's a good no prize right there for that one. Nice. So, uh, so obviously, since we saw uh, we, we were with uh, Ivan uh, in the previous minute until now, six months have passed, and you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what's happened in the MCU? Well, to find out. We're going to have to go, meanwhile, in the MCU. So six months have passed. So uh, what what has been going on? Well, uh, if you read uh, Iron Man, uh, was it Public Identity? I forgot that in my notes. Um, that we talked about in the comic right. book episode, uh, that there's a, a whole adventure where Tony Stark gets his identity stolen. What? And you can follow along in there. Um, but uh, the rest of the MCU, beyond the world of Iron Man. So December 4th, 2009. Uh, in California, the Pride performed their eighth rite of blood sacrifice for those fans of The Runaways. Uh, you'll know exactly what that means. Hmm. Oh. On December 18th of 2009, Nick Fury put Agent Coulson in charge of Project Tahiti, which was investigating a Cree body they discovered in 1945, uh, that technology they hoped to be able to use to possibly bring someone back from the dead should they, uh, their injuries prove beyond uh, normal science. Ironic. Yeah, that's from Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, on January 21st, 2010, Mary Walker is captured in Sokovia with the rest of her unit. Uh, eventually, she will then show up again uh, in the Netflix series uh, because that she becomes Typhoid Mary. Uh, and then on April 12th, 2010, Bruce Banner cuts his finger. Mm. Ah, yes, for those of you who watched it for our last season, you'll know that's a very crucial moment. So April 12th, that happens, and here we are at May 7th. So Bruce Banner is currently in Brazil, uh, living undercover, working at a bottling plant for Pingo Doce. We got a, we got a Pingo Doce reference. That's amazing. <laughs> exactly. I know where my roots are. Uh, so that was, those are really, I would say more and more little things to that, but those were like the most significant things I found uh, over. Well, at, and uh, how interesting is that though? That and, and I know all of this came retroactively, yes, exactly. trying to piece right. it all together. Yeah, but I love now thinking about this, where you know everything you two just talked about in the entire last season is going on concurrently with yep. everything you're talking about now in this season. It's, That's right. It's pretty exciting to see yeah. how all of that. Yeah. overlays and it will be as it continues in uh in the next season and yeah uh, true yeah yeah that's right is it the uh, next yeah. season yeah, yeah next season yeah because we're going to talk about that too yeah because the, the events of thor are happening at the same time too right so of course as guardian time there's a time difference so we'll see how that all lines up but it's like uh, arizona you know they, yeah they just exactly don't, they just don't deal with uh daylight right. savings I'm sometimes sure they're the same time sometimes time. they're 100 years ahead <laughs> i mean you never right. know it just depends on the time of the year now uh 
Guys, I got to let you know. Sad story, though. Oh, no. That there is something that did not happen in this minute. Oh, that's right. No so, birds. No bird sightings at all. Uh, not there was one no cockatoo. Andy, so you know that we, we have a running total here of void sightings. Yeah, that's right. And um, sadly, there were none in this minute. <laughs> I, I don't think there's going to be any for it the next be, few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably that's going to be a dearth of bird sightings for quite a while. Unless Tony hit hit like a nighthawk flying around out there in the middle <laughs> and, uh, of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I guess we'll have to find out in minute seven. Uh, So so, uh, in the meantime, if you want to find out more of what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram. Yes, we've got some really cool stuff on Instagram. Uh, Andy, you want to talk a little bit about some of the cool things we're putting up on Instagram? As I know, that is one of the things you are in charge of. Yeah, over on Instagram, we're uh, just pumping all sorts of things for the next reel and Marvel Movie Minute out there uh, multiple times a day. It's just a fun place to to uh, see posts related to movies we're talking about on uh, the next real show, on the film board that we do, on uh, Trailer Rewind and Marvel Movie Minute. And, you know, little clips of episodes, a lot of images from things. It's just a fun place to kind of kind of stay in touch with all of that. So, yeah, the, Instagram.com slash The Next Reel. There you go. Like and subscribe. Uh, all right. So uh, thank you, Andy, for, for joining us for this minute. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you think you can stick around for minute seven? I absolutely will because Ooh, nice. <laughs> because Tony just landed on the stage. I want to see know, the show, right? <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, thank you all for listening. I'll be back here for a minute seven. Until then, enough said. Bye. Bye.